I'm Tyler Smith. And I'm Jenny Smith. And this is Worth Playing For, the Survivor podcast. Now, I apologize to everybody that we did not have an episode last week, uh, especially for people that might have gotten confused because I announced that we were going to have an episode and that it was available. Uh, yeah, that I, I said that before we were going to record and then we just didn't. Um, so sorry. That's my fault. But you know what? As as I told you, as I told you guys uh, ahead of time, between school and work, this is something that might happen from time to time. We this is a loosey goosey season. Yeah, might happen next week. Honestly, right? Oh, yeah. We also have people in uh, from out of town. Yep. Uh, two separate people. One of whom uh, is going to have uh, quite a big, uh, quite a huge bearing on this episode. Uh, the other one's probably not so much. Um, so yeah, uh, so thank you for your patience uh, in regards to that. Uh, we did want to very briefly go over just some key points from last week. But before we do, all right, we have a guest, our second guest ever. And it is our out-of-town guest. It's a guest not merely for the show, but for our, ho- our household. And his name is Alex Alders. Ali- Alex, how you doing? I'm doing very well. Okay. Now, Alex, who are you? I am Jenny's brother. That's right. Woo-hoo! Your brother-in-law. Yeah, it's true. Yes, but only in law. <laughs> if it weren't for the law, you're nothing to me. <laughs> um, so uh, now, Alex, you are a Survivor fan. I am. Uh, how- <laughs> that is correct, sir. Yes. <laughs> I feel like at some point you should like cover up the mic and like consult your lawyer and then come back. I am. Yes. Um so, uh, just a little bit of, of background, uh, how long have you survived? Everyone, in, as far as I know, everyone in your family watches Survivor. No. Or has watched Survivor. No, Jim doesn't. Jim no, does. Doesn't. Okay, all right. Okay, so, well, he doesn't watch really anything, aside from, I believe, Raiders of the Lost Ark from time to time. Yeah, that and NCIS. No, and Temple. Fan of that. Wait, what? Temple of Doom. Oh, Temple of Doom is his preference of the three. That's an odd... I would not have bet on that. No, no. It's just the one that is on TV. Oh, I see. Okay. Got it. And then the occasional NCIS, apparently. I'd say it's a lot more than occasional. Really? <laughs> yeah. Every time I'm over there, it's on. Uh, Jim, by the way, is uh, my father-in-law and their dad. So, um, yeah, I guess, you know what? I think he's the target audience for NCIS, to be honest. Uh <laughs> But anyway, uh, let's not make fun of older people. This is not, that's not a generation we're going to be talking about today. (laughs) Um, So, uh, although actually it does bring up, it does bring up a a question. CBS by and large is geared towards an older audience. So I find myself wondering if they watch this season of Survivor, are they just looking down on everybody and just saying like, ah, Gen X, millennial, who cares? We're part of the greatest generation or the baby boomers. Like we're better than all of them. I don't know. I wonder if... if the greatest generation and the bo- baby boomers are two different generations. I, yes, I know. Okay. They are baby boomers. Yes. Born in 50. Um, That's already like prejudging them. They don't look down on other generations. Well, I think every generation looks, d- looks down on the generations after them, right? No. Hmm. I, I envy do. certain I qualities <laughs> of millennials. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we, that's the thing is we, because Jen, because you and I are in between generations, we don't know who, whom to look down on, but 
as as children that are currently like five, as they get older, we'll finally have someone we can look down upon. I can look down on five year olds right now. Well, yes, in every way, actually. Yes. Um, in, including physically because they're shorter. But um, but to get to it, yes, we have discussed that we are born in eighty two. That's right on the cusp of millennials and yeah. Gen X. So it's in between. We don't necessarily identify with either one. However, AJ, you yeah, are smack dab. Right in the middle there, yeah. Yeah, you are a millennial for sure. How Born old are you? 90. I don't actually know. I'm 26 years old. 26. Oh, boy. Magical age. Born in 1990. So right. Yeah. Right yeah. there. There's no question about it. You're a millennial. Right in the thick of it. Yeah. How so, do you feel about this? Yeah. I don't truly know how I feel about it. I'm very torn. Okay. You know, there are times where I can identify with what's going on in mm -hmm. certain parts of my life. And there are times where I just despise everything about anything that is millennial. Yeah. So as you watch the millennial tribe, and you and I were talking about this earlier this evening, uh, when you watch the millennial tribe operate, have there been any moments when you're like, yeah, hey, that's that's me. I, I see myself there. And other moments when you say... Not even close. That's not me at all. Yeah, exactly. When it came to the, in the first episode, when they just go swimming as opposed to building a shelter. Yeah. I can't even fathom that life choice at that moment. <laughs> like You can see the storm brewing in the distance yeah. and just not a care in the world. I might have that view about some things in my life, but when it comes to uh, putting a roof over my head, yeah, in that situation, I am not. You got the you got the priorities straight: food, shelter. You've got it exactly. Anything else, it's fine. Yeah, would you have picked chickens over the fishing gear as well? No way. That one stood out to me big time as well. Yeah, which we yeah. obviously saw. They wanted to trade in comfort for fishing gear. Right. The last like, episode, so they don't think it's smart anymore either yeah that was baffling yeah so let's uh very quickly touch on um a couple of things from last week's episode which wait no one more thing about the what's the phrase they say that you hate no one says that you said oh you guys mentioned like sicky sicky or something oh, oh yeah. yeah someone was listing the various things that millennials say and i was like okay i guess i i don't have my finger on the taylor pulse. taylor yeah who I believe you are, uh, Alex, not a fan of Taylor. No, not a fan. Okay. Quite uh, the opposite. Do you think he was just making stuff up on purpose just to see if anyone would catch it? I think he probably says that all the time. <laughs> do you think he's trying to create it? The, oh, he's trying to make it happen? <laughs> yes. He's trying to make fetch happen? Yes. Um, it, it, it's, a, it's unfortunate this was not a video podcast because the sheer contempt on your <laughs> face, Alex, when he says like, Oh, I'll bet he says it all the time. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, and and we don't remember the specific. It wasn't sicky sicky, or was it? It could have been. It could have been. It was something stupid like that that I'd never heard of. Something nar nar too. That's uh, okay. That that sound. Oh. Uh, something could be gnarly. Gnarly, sure. Why yeah. not? Like fetch. It's short. I've heard of people shredding gnarly. the gnar. Oh. Like snowboarding and stuff. Well, he's a he is a snowboard instructor. Yeah. See there then. Yeah. See right that those phrases are also indicative of the kind of lifestyle he lives in exactly. general. Exactly. A really dumb one. I mean, general. he's not a millennial doctor. 
Uh, yeah, that's. Oh, but that's literally, true. could any millennials be doctors at this point, or would they all still be in school? No, they no, could. They, they could. They could. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It might still be doing, you know, the residency or whatever. Oh, because but... we technically could be yeah. millennials. Right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but we're not because we made different life choices, and okay, here we I are literally doing a podcast googled, about Survivor. I literally googled "sicky sicky," and suggestions came up for "sicky sicky nar nar." It's a complete phrase. Oh, good. Too- All right. I, yeah. I, well, I want to be because I'm going to school with a bunch of millennials, so I need to speak their language. So, what does "sicky sicky nar nar" mean? Oh, Urban Dictionary will tell oh, us. Oh, thank you. Okay, this might not be safe for uh, family ears. A phrase used to describe something that is so uniquely and completely amazing that by simply mentioning this phrase, others should stop in their tracks to take notice of the situation unfolding around them. I hate millennials. <laughs> <laughs> Do you do you see how many other words they use to describe that? Per, those words are perfectly fine. You could have used the definite. You could have just said amazing, unique, or hey, everybody, stop and pay attention. But no, you have to use a nonsense phrase. And this is a mm. rabbit hole because then it says generally you would use this phrase to describe something a swood did or said. And I have no idea what a swood is. Alex. You're uh, the voice of a generation. Yeah, we're destroying the English language. Oh, okay. one, uh, <laughs> one catchphrase at a time. Swood. S isn't Sam, W-U-D-E. A long sweet with a low drawl, possibly uttered while blazed or wasted. Okay, that's the end of Googling things. <clears throat> we get the point. There are times when I feel like I'm out of touch, and other times I'm thrilled <laughs> to be this out of touch. So, okay. Enough with that. You hate the millennial tribe. I'll try. True. Uh, there, I was going to ask you, um, uh, and I asked you uh, earlier off mic, are there any, and you can incorporate tonight's episode as well, are there any players this season that you're specifically rooting for? Not actively, but I, I mean, I like Zeke. Mm-hmm. I enjoy him. I can kind of identify with him a little bit when in the, his first episode, how he feels about being a millennial a little bit. Yeah. Um, but there's no front runner for me yet. I'm kind of waiting for things to emerge. Yeah. yeah uh, this, uh, well, okay, well, we'll get to this episode in a moment. Um, Let's briefly touch on two or three points from last episode. Yeah. And they're really thinking back i mean obviously if we had done enough uh, if yeah. we had recorded right after there'd be more stuff that stuck out but the stuff that i remember from last week's episode one was directly after the vote uh hannah was talking to uh zeke and adam yep uh because she had sort of be- betrayed them and was trying to get back into their good graces and just they kept saying can you just give us a minute and she just would not leave them alone. And effectively, as far as I, I mean, maybe not, but just certainly in the moment just made things infinitely worse for her. Huge blunder. I just. Why do you feel the need to get back into the grace, good graces of the two people on the bottom? First of all. Yeah. Go to bed. Sleep on it. Yeah. And I, you're in the majority. Stay there. Just shut up and go back to your camp what what was she thinking she could not let it go well and speaking as somebody who is always 
worried about how I'm coming across mm-hmm. to people. And, and, you know, you can attest to this that like, if I feel like whether it's a friend or you, if I feel like someone's not super happy with me, like, so you okay, let's, let's talk about this. But even I, in that moment would be like, all right, she should have walked away. How about this? You ask twice. And if they keep saying we need a minute, you walk away and you give them a minute. It's hard. It's hard to do. You're just laying there on bamboo all night long awake, yeah. upset that two people are upset at you. That sucks. I know that feeling, but you angering them further is not going to make it any better. Yeah. The thing is, if you want, if you need help sleeping at night, at least you can say, well, I did vote in the majority. So they, at the very least, they can't really come gunning for me. Like that's the one thing you mm-hmm. have. And then you can try to paper, you, you can try to paper over things, uh, uh, the next day paper over. I've heard that term, but I don't think it's correct. You're asking the wrong two people. Cause oh. we have never heard of any phrase that you have ever said this from the Minnesotans. Duck, duck, gray duck is a thing. It is the real thing from Sweden. Google it. We're in the we're in the U.S. of A. now. Don't tread on me, Sweden. The Swedes founded Minnesota, and they brought the game, and it was founded in Minnesota, and then some idiot took it elsewhere and butchered it. And now, forty nine out of the fifty states say goose. And I'm a, I was actually talking Bunch with of Democrats. Stick to Duck Duck Gray Duck. Absolutely, absolutely. They they didn't vote for Nixon. They no. didn't vote for Reagan. Nope. And you know what? Gray Duck is where is where they draw the line. Um, yeah, it's uh, oddly enough. I was talking with some uh, classmates about various uh, turns of phrase from various parts of the country uh, earlier today, and uh, Gray Duck came up. It did. Uh, as did. Um, so when you were when you were in uh, uh, like elementary school and you like pulled somebody's pants down in front of everybody. What did you call that? You pants them. You pants them. You pants them, right? We all agree on that. Except Colorado, apparently, where you de-pants them. Which makes sense. Which makes sense, but in the same way that like when you bone a fish, you're not shoving bones in the fish. You're removing the bones. Is that what we call it? I don't know. I thought that was going a different direction for me. <laughs> I know, me well, too. I, mean, I guess there's a, there's a number of ways to bone a fish, and in one of them, yes, I guess you are. Sh- uh, that's inappropriate. Um, so, so to to go back to um, last week's episode, the other big thing that stuck out to me was Paul. I mean, not merely his vote off, but Paul's demise. Yeah, and that there were people gunning for him, and he might have gone all. He might have been going already. But he shot himself in the foot so thoroughly. Oh, yeah. He nailed his own coffin shut. Yeah. Just. By saying to Jessica and Sunday or and Lucy. It was definitely Jessica. I don't remember who the other woman was. Two out of the three of them were standing there. Do you remember? No, I don't. Yeah. And he. (laughs) uh, Uh, Hang on. Let me see if I I can. I do not know. (laughs) My lawyer advises me to say, no, I do not remember. No, I do not. Um, but what happens is, uh, there was like word going around of like a possible like men's alliance or something like that. And so I think they talked to Paul about it and he said, no, 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 obviously he goes, he goes, there's nothing like that going on. And if there ever was, I would, te- you know, I would tell you guys ahead of time. And when I heard that, I thought, I thought what he was saying was 
you know, hey, someone has approached me for a men's alliance. I wanted to let you guys know that this that somebody's working against us. No. What he said was, I'll let you know that, hey, ladies, you're on your own. <laughs> it's like, you know, <laughs> even though that's not what he's saying now, the fact that that's in his head to say sometime in the future, man, oh, man. Idiotic. You never tell someone you're on your own because what that effectively means is I'm now on my own. And uh, they had no reason not to vote against him at that point. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's weird. There's, there's like straight talk, which that you can do on survivor where you can be honest up to a point and people will appreciate what you're saying. Mm -hmm. They'll be like, if you say, it's like, you know what? I have a hard time trusting anybody that sounds rough, but that's the name that's the name of the game and everybody understands it and they at least appreciate that you can that you acknowledge that but when you say stuff specifically like that which doesn't even address the current state of affairs that's when you've now been too honest and you need to get voted out and it's unfortunate because i thought paul was relatively savvy he was interesting but he did command a certain um, like the dynamic was just a certain way when he mm -hmm. was on the show and, and this week's episode was very different because he was not there that notably. Yeah. And, uh, and we'll go ahead and use that as a transition into this week's episode. Sounds good. Because with his absence, apparently there was a void left that people wanted to try and fill. Uh, now I did not see the very first scene Mm -hmm. uh, you did. Mm -hmm. Can you exp can you explain it? Was in fact Jessica gunning for the number one slot, or was that somebody? Was that Lucy's interpretation? No, I think that was Lucy's not only interpretation. Uh, you could say interpretation, or you could say I'm going to spin it this way right. to get Jessica out. And I think it was probably both. I, I think she talked herself into believing that that is what happened. Right. Um, because she herself is a crazy leader lunatic. Yeah, I guess we can just talk about Lucy now. She's gone, uh, though by a, an odd turn of events. But yeah, it never... Whenever somebody just says I'm the leader, with the possible exception of Boston Rob, the season he won, talking to people that were a solid 10 years younger than he was... <clears throat> That's the only time I can think of when someone says, hey, just do what I say and we'll all be fine. Mm -hmm. I, anytime somebody has done that, they get, they're in trouble. Well, and when he said that, it probably came across a lot differently than sure. do what I say and we'll all be fine. Or, hey, you, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. And if nothing else, it's, hey, this is my fourth time doing this. You should probably just trust me. Whereas this, like, it's all on a level playing field and she's simply trying to elevate herself. And just dictating, you know. Yeah, he never dictated. He finessed. He coddled. I mean, he worked hard that season yeah. to win. He was constantly checking in with everyone individually and speaking their love language. Yeah. Always. I never... I've only seen that season once. I've never revisited it. Yeah. Is it interesting? Or have you only seen it the once? I think I've only seen it the once, but I think back to it with very vivid memories. Like his, he fully deserves to win. The amount sure. of work that he did on those people is just insane. And she, I, Lucy doesn't do any work. Like that's not, 
no. speaking Ken's love language at all. No, she needs to be able to read the room, and she was not able to read the room. And instead of seeing that, okay, Paul was a leader and kind of a dictator, and everyone voted him off, so therefore I'm not going to step into that, she literally leaned into it with, great, now there's space for me here. Well, and what's interesting is Paul being a leader was an organic thing. Yeah. Everyone seemed to be okay with it. The only people that weren't okay with it were the people that were on the outside of an alliance and thus were probably less prone to be okay with it. But Chris, Brett, yeah, Jessica, uh, uh, wait, Jessica, right? Yeah. Okay. And um, Sunday. And Sunday, they were all okay with it because he wasn't necessarily a dictator. Mm-hmm. He, there was a laid back quality to him, whereas- Until he said the idiotic remark, but every, right. everything else that we saw on the show, at least. Yeah. It just sort of formed organically as opposed to she just propping herself up in this way. Um, but uh, I think it was just a really blind way of leading. She never once questioned herself. In fact, she um, a- applauded herself in her leadership style. Yeah. The, you need to question yourself. And just she seemed surprisingly oblivious when like in yeah. that scene with with. Dave and Ken, these are the guys who kind of orchestrated the removal of Paul. Maybe let's not start dictating to them. Uh, but by her own admission, she is a tiger mom. And this is when we can start uh, talking about her life choices. Uh, to go back to that phrase, she referred to herself as a tiger mom who like dictates to her husband and her children. Also, is that a thing? Oh, yeah. That's a phrase? Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. I'm not going to Google that. Yeah. It's uh, it's kind of a cultural thing um, ah. that uh, that we have friends who have who've used it. I was first made aware of it by friends of ours. Uh-huh. Um, and so, yeah, she just, like, makes all the decisions for her family. And then she said, you know, sometimes my husband and kids don't like me very much. But what did she say? Like, not. But it works. Yeah. Uh, it's success. She uses the word success. Oh, yeah. Right. If like, it's successful at home, why wouldn't it be successful in Survivor? Yeah. And then all three of us were kind of like, well, maybe maybe we can all take a little uh, look at the definition of success. Not like an urban dic- dictionary <laughs> su- version of success. Because my guess is your definition, Lucy, is you get your way all the time. And I guess that's successful. But I wonder if your kids would say the same thing. <laughs> but uh, anyway... I mean, what? Screw her kids. Kids are kids. You're the mom. That's that's one whole thing. But like, what kind of marital relationship do you have if your husband is just being trounced on all the time? I will venture an answer, a bad one. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, and that stuff doesn't. I mean, that's and literally, I mean, that was Ken's response: is I'm a grown man. You, I'm not a kid, and yeah. you literally talk to us like we were kids. I could see making that mistake with Dave because uh, he's <laughs> diminutive and he's kind of uh, delightful. But um, Absolutely. What's so funny was her reaction to it, which is Ken is just emotional. He's just a woman. Yeah. What? You're a woman. You just, you just put down your whole gender, first of all. Yeah. You insulted your whole gender. And clearly you're not really like a woman because you're unemotional. Like it, the, it, it bear, it's just so circular, her argument that it makes no sense. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because if Dave hadn't done what he did in this episode, she'd still be around. Yeah. But I have to assume not for long, 
especially with a swap coming. I I cannot imagine any millennial <laughs> wanting to deal with her. No thanks. For two seconds. And in that in that regard, good for you, millennials. I know it didn't actually happen, but I could see them getting rid of her immediately. Right. And I would I would be curious to see more of how she had interacted with the rest of her tribe because she was awful to Ken and Dave, but yeah. how did she get everyone else to vote with her? She had more civilized conversation with them. Yeah. But she was still dictatorial. Yeah, I feel like she didn't really make... I feel like she only really came to the forefront in this episode. I don't remember much about her before Thankfully. this. Um, but yeah, it's just... Uh, she really shot herself... Again, she didn't shoot herself in the foot to such a degree that she was officially voted out. People were voting with her against Jessica. Right. But she's still gone. Yeah. And... You know, and so I guess we can move on to Jessica herself. Sounds good. That whole boy, oh boy. Okay. If someone tells you something and you have three other people to confirm with besides the source, why wouldn't you feel out Brett, Chris, Sunday before going directly to Lucy? There was a lot more savvy ways she could have gone about that. Yeah. She picked the the person she picked to talk to was the one most likely to lie to her. Right. Yeah, so if how? It's true. Yeah. Yeah. It just seems like what a weird, and that's the thing that's that's happened in in seasons before where hey I, someone's saying something about you, but I don't know. It's I guess I, I, she must have thought she must have thought that Ken was was lying and. I guess if you think someone's lying and trying to pit you against your your friend, I guess you you I guess you do find a way to confront that, but again, you don't no, you, you talk you to, do it in the most Chris. Yeah, you, you do it in the Brett. most mean girl's way possible. You call up your friend, you have them silently on the phone and then you three-way dial your other friend and get them to like condemn themselves. Except for the lack of Cell phones on that. No, I, you know, in a non-cell phone kind of way. <laughs> even they use the landlines phone. in that movie. They didn't even have cell phones. Even without the phones, I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> there is a scene in Mean Girls okay. where, you know, like the leader gets the new girl to impeach. Oh yes, yes. Like, okay. To just say things about the third person who's silently on the phone. Okay, I do remember that scene, and now, but for a moment, I thought you were talking about something from your own life. No, I've watched it relatively recently, but okay. in general, if you're a Survivor fan, rewatch that movie. That is how you should play the game in the most passive aggressive, bitchy way possible. You don't do it in the direct, I'm your friend, I'm going to you because I care about you and I want to rectify things kind of way. That didn't work for Hannah when she tried to fix things. No. It didn't work for Lucy and Jessica at the beginning of this episode with the guys. It didn't work for Jessica later on. Like It, mm -hmm. it makes no sense. You have to do things in the most idiotic way, really, for it to be successful. So in my class today, I brought up Survivor. And I wish I could say it was my first time doing that. It was not. And uh, to the point that the class laughed and my teacher was clearly stifling a laugh, uh, laughter, but I brought it around. It was fine. But because we were talking oh, about- Tyler, you're that guy. We were Whatever. I still made a good point. Okay. Uh, we were talking about movies in which characters 
not in a meta way, but that is very conceptual. Do characters in a movie know that they're in a movie? Of course they don't, but actors are playing them. And the actor knows they're in a movie, so that's going to come across no matter what. Emotions, it's it's very, again, it's very conceptual, but that emotions in movies are high precisely because they're in a movie. Like, an argument in a movie might be more dramatic than one that anybody in real life has had precisely because it's a movie, and movies can't ever completely... Uh, coincide with real life 100%. The fact that people are performing means that there's going to be a performance element that comes through in the characters. So I'm not sure if I necessarily agree with that theory, but it got me thinking, and it got me thinking about Survivor. Um, And it got me thinking about Penner and just various other people that will make appeals to other players in the game, not as a function of the game, but as a function of people watching. And... So I wonder if, yeah, people could watch Mean Girls and say, this is the way to play the game. And we're, and if nobody was watching, it would be a great way to play the game. But I don't want to come across as Rachel McAdams and Mean Girl. Got it. Mean Girls. I want to do my own thing. And they might wind up, as a result, sabotaging themselves. Because if the cameras weren't on or if there are no cameras, well, admittedly, there'd be no show. But if there are no cameras, people might play the game a, a completely different way. Okay, I think that goes back to a roundtable that Jeff hosted. You can watch it on YouTube, Mm -hmm. in which he interviews Cochran, Parvati, Sandra, and Boston Rob. No. Rob Sesternino. Sesternino. Wrong one. And they all, the biggest takeaway from that is, is... an answer to a question that Jeff posed about, you know, what, how to be successful. And it's you have to be able to read yourself and how mm-hmm. you're coming across and therefore adapt. You know, Reed even right. said, I went in with a very specific game plan and I did not get to play the way that I wanted to at all because of the cards you're dealt, the people you're put on a tribe with, how your tribe is playing, how your tribe is doing, and the theme of the season his was a very chivalrous season where people were giving up cha- reward, uh, challenge, you know, rewards left I think, and I right. Think it was actual chivalry, but that's fine. But that that's the word for it. You know, yeah. or other seasons is just like the happy-go-lucky seasons. Other right. very serious. You have to go with the flow of your season and you're, is- you're isolated with only 20 people. Yeah. Literally no other contact with the outside world. I think that is one element that we forget forget about when we're watching it yeah yeah it's uh you know there's that old adage that i'm i think they've probably said on survivor survivor before but like you know going into like a boxing ring everybody has a plan until they get hit and then you have to and then you have to throw your plan out the window and start doing something completely different yeah and uh so and lucy doesn't strike me as the adaptable type lucy is not adaptable and but we had moved on to we moved on to Jessica jessica and I guess I don't think she is either. I think I don't know. She was presented with new information and rather than rather than take it as possibly true, she assumed she was being manipulated. Right. I just felt that she was she felt so comfortable in her alliance mm-hmm. and, you know, her trustworthiness in that alliance and so she thought it was just an outright lie and just needed to debunk it right away. Yeah. And she gets that rare opportunity that nobody that people very seldom get, which is she was proven very wrong 
but she gets to stay in the game. Yeah. You know, that is very rare. I think when Jeremy played an idol for Steven, Mm -hmm. Steven did not know what was coming, but he also didn't have anybody warning him and he pushed them away. This is a, this is such a unique situation where she realizes that she's like her life, her survivor life flashed before her infected eyes. Uh, (laughs) Although she seems to be doing okay now. It looked better Um, today. But, uh, and I'm just, I'm fascinated to see, and there is a swap coming, but I'm fascinated to see how she reacts to Ken and to Dave and probably Cece uh, next episode. Like, I I assume she's like going to be, she could potentially be like an absolute puppy dog. Just whatever you want me to do, I'll do. You guys are a hundred percent right. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, It is interesting that we were discussing, you know, during that commercial break between Lucy being voted off and next time on Survivor. Okay, mm-hmm. now Jessica will definitely be with the underdogs. How is going to happen? And then we see they're going to yeah. swap. So it's all for naught. Like we're, we we might see how they interact for the first 15 to 20 minutes, but yeah. the swap Could is going to happen. A big waste of an idol for Dave. Yes. Yeah. And it could, it's tough because. If he created somebody who's 100% loyal to him, that's never necessarily a bad thing because if she winds up on his tribe, then he at least has one other person with him. If she's on the other tribe and they both make it to the merge, he has that person with him at a time when things are chaotic. And the legacy oh, thing comes into play. Not that he right, has right. any idea about that, but... That's right. And I forgot about that. Um, uh, for the for the briefest of moment when I thought Jessica might be going, I, I did have the flash of oh right she needs to give that to someone i wonder who she's going to give it to Mm. well now if she goes out and if dave is still around he saved me i'm going to try and save him this is where i disagree with that okay we have seen in the last you know three out of the four votes have been on the gen x tribe correct Mm. yeah and all three of them were with voting blocks not with an alliance Right. With smaller alliances that work together with other alliances, but for a, hey, right now, this makes sense for our tribe in a more immediate vote. Yeah. And it kept switching. So I definitely do not see her being loyal to Dave long term or even for a whole nother episode. If if they're on the same tribe, even after the swap, but it's in her best interest to be with another group, I completely see her doing that. I mean, I guess that's true. She, I guess the thing that gets me is that the whole nature of voting blocks is, was an interesting idea and one that still comes into play. But what it usually comes out to is people that are in smaller alliances coming together to form one big alliance for a moment. It's very seldom a bunch of individuals. It's like an alliance of two coming together with another alliance of two. And so I feel like and I feel like that's the way Steven described it. Yeah. But and I that's what that, happened. Like, but the voting block thing does not preclude the idea <laughs> of an alliance. Like there no. still is loyalty, but on a smaller scale. Yes. Just because these two align- these two small alliances are voting together doesn't mean they're part of a, a larger thing. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I guess, I guess if it's in her, after the swap, swap, if it's in her best interest to go against Dave, I guess she probably would. But at the same time, I'm not sure if she's that logical of a player. I could see her being a fairly emotional player. 
True. But, but I think, AJ, you made a good point about the idol, that he wasn't getting voted out anyway. Dave wasn't. Yeah. Now it's gone. If, they, if he doesn't find another one, like having it post-swap would have been greatly advantageous because you don't know how many of your own tribe mates you're going to end up yeah. with. Yeah, that would have been beneficial for sure. But if it, they had stayed in the tribes they're at for a little bit longer, then it could have been a very strong play. Right. Like if, okay. were, if there were mm-hmm. two more episodes where they're all right. together, because now Jessica's gone and Lucy is basically in charge. Mm-hmm. And then, and Lucy has it out for Ken, who's in alliance with you. Like that's, that's a bad situation. Like if there was a guarantee that there wasn't going to be a swap for like a couple more episodes, I would say he made a very, very good move. Sure. That makes sense. But at the same time, they, everyone had to assume there was one coming, right? Like it's been, a swap. It usually, yeah. It usually comes four or five episodes in. And so I guess it'll be episode five when it when it happens. Do you think any of them are going to find the idol before the swap? Oh, gosh, I hope so. Oh, yeah, there's a whole treasure hunt going on, huh? Yeah, I love when that happens because it's just everyone looking everywhere and then one person finds it and not everyone knows all the time. But uh, I feel like everyone knows in that situation. Last not, season, there were literally tackles. What was the last? Like Alicia was fighting with Jason. That's right. And Scott. Ugh. Anyway. Last season was rough. Yeah, it was. And that's the thing. As much as, as, as we've said before, as much as we might not love everybody on this season, there's nobody I'm actively rooting for. Like just now I was talking about how I haven't gone back to Rob's Boston Rob's winning season. Mm -hmm. I was like, why didn't I do that? Oh, right. Philip. I don't (laughs) want to deal with a whole season of Philip. Well, that's enough for me. I'm not going to say that there's no one you're rooting against. Oh yeah. There's nobody you're rooting against. Although at this point there's nobody I'm actively rooting for yet. Um, there's no one just so appalling though that it would keep you from rewatching this season so right. far, like a Philip. Yeah, Taylor and Figgy are off-putting, but not—they're not, they're not <laughs> Philip or or Abby Maria or anybody like that. Yeah, where they just steamroll the whole first third or two thirds of a season. Yeah, those are rough. I loved the preview though, where he said it might break up a romance. (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. And Alex had a, you had a a big response to that. (laughs) Uh, Just (laughs) even now you look so disgusted. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So one thing that we uh, didn't talk about, speaking of idols, um, I do for Mm. the last couple episodes, I've, I've liked Adam. Uh, I like Adam and Zeke. I like that they kind of found each other. Uh, they do seem to complement each other fairly well. Um, but uh, I was happy that Adam found the idol. But then, like, what it led to was a, a nice, a very nice moment that made me very sad. Um, in which he talked about his mother, who, at the time of filming, had lung cancer. And this is not this is not like a spoiler or anything. I believe it's on his own Twitter feed. Mm-hmm. His his mother has passed away, and so like when he's so the charity, because I think like a charity organizer, I think is his official name. The charity is one set up in his mother's name Oh, okay. um, for that's uh, for cancer and such. So um, so he has I hate to be so crass as to talk about it purely in terms of the game. But he's being set up for a nice story. Like when you see that, 
either he's going to go out this episode or he's going to be around for a while. Yeah. And, and the fact that he has an idol is helpful as well. But, uh, and, and I don't, I don't mind that I'm he's, there's an underdog quality to him that I, that I like a lot. And he clearly knows the game, which Mm -hmm. is fun too. But, uh, but that was a, that was a sad thing. Um, and you know, we've seen people kind of well up before. Yeah. Um, but he's full on crying and understandably so like his situation's not that different than, Jenna in uh, all stars when she left while her mother was sick mm-hmm. and she left the game because, and her mother in fact died uh, only a few days after. Yeah. So I'm sure it's killing him uh, to, to be there for any length of time, not knowing if, am, am I going to be, am I going to be going home to no mother? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it was, uh, so between that and stuff like, you know, Paul's, uh, uh, not heart attack, but just his, his bout of dehydration and stuff. Um, heat stroke, heat stroke. This, uh, this season has had some nice emotional moments as well, I think. Um, but, uh, is there anything else that jumped out? I guess we can talk about the challenges. People are going to see some tatas today. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's, uh, Oh, Michaela cracks me up. That, uh, yeah, she is, uh, I think I told you this, um, this, uh, one woman in one of my classes, sorry to keep bringing up school, but I guess survivor plays into my school a lot. Uh, this one uh, woman, uh, that's in a number of my classes, her younger brother went to school with, uh, Michaela and, uh, commented about, uh, and she had some interesting things to say about Michaela. And at the time, Michaela hadn't really emerged as a personality yet. And then the very next day I was like, Oh, okay. I, I see it now. So I, uh, I report back and say, Oh yeah, I got it. I, I see what you mean. She's hilarious. She is hilarious. I like her quite a bit. Um, I think it might get her in trouble, but I feel like it has to, right? Yeah. It'll be fun trouble. Fun for us, but it's not going to be great for her. Yeah. Who does she have? Figgy. That's right. She and Figgy have an issue. Yeah. Although how much longer, you know, with a swap, yeah, it could change true. the dynamic. When you're winning, you don't really have issue with anyone, or at least they don't show it. Yeah. It would be funny if there was a swap and Figgy and Michaela wound up being the only millennials uh, on a tribe full of uh, Gen Xers. And it's like, I guess we should try to work together or just try to get in with these guys and kill kill off the other one. I think those two would go against each other very quickly. I think so, yeah. That'd be delightful. (laughs) Yeah, I thought the same if if Chris and Dave ended up Hmm. on, or Brett and Dave maybe. I don't know which of them despises or looks down on Dave more, but I think they definitely laugh about him and talk about Mm. how he's just scared of everything. And I I haven't gotten that vibe in the last few episodes. I don't see it hasn't come up lately, but there have been montages about it already. And there only have been four episodes. Yeah. But I feel like it was the first episode that that happened. And since then, I think they're, I don't know. They don't strike me as, uh, maybe just cause I like Chris and Brett is fine. I don't get much of a read on him, but, um, they don't strike me as, as particularly like. They're no Jason and Scott, right. but they're bros. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Do you think they're bros? 
I don't know. What's the Gen X term for bros? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they probably hang out on a fishing boat or something together. <laughs> they have man caves for sure. Sure. Absolutely. Um, but yeah. And they're both uh, very large men. Um, well, yeah. I mean, that doesn't, that just contributes to. Yeah. Because I think they, in any, I mean, a swap, obviously, once the swap happens, the idea of like keeping a tribe strong is not that big of a deal. But up until this point, they have to both have felt, yeah, we're, we're pretty safe, right? Because we basically win these challenges by ourselves. Yeah, Chris is a man amongst boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love when Zeke said, he's like three of me. Yeah. And even Zeke, like Zeke is not a tiny guy. No, he isn't. He was a Hulk during that challenge. I knew Chris was big, but I don't think I quite realized how big he was until other people are climbing on him. Yeah. Uh, and then you realize, oh yeah, he's massive. He's literally like bear hugging two men like they were his children while yeah. Dave got it, you know, got it to their pole. Yeah. Got the ring over. Yeah. Which is the only way I think Dave could excel in a challenge like that, which is like, all right, you have, you've taken away all obstacles, right? Okay. Yeah. It's on to the pole for me. That, I mean, Michaela losing her top is, is dedication and fun TV and all. But mm -hmm. I think my favorite moment from that challenge was when, oh, listeners, you're going to hate me. It was either Taylor, Adam, or Jay, like going into the water with Chris and said like, you know, something like, here we go, Hulk. And they like fist bumped, you know, and you rarely see <laughs> yeah. opposing tribes who have not ever mixed it up yet. Yeah. You know, interacting in a funny way. And I, I think that was smart strategically. And I think that's honestly something that I do like about. Well, I think everybody uh, on this cast is that I may not really like Taylor. Um, I, I do kind of like Jay, but. They don't seem particularly vindictive or anything like that. They even Taylor seems like such a go with the flow guy that was like, "Hey, look, I recognize objectively that I'm opposed to you, but there's no reason we can't be buddies, right?" Um, okay, who's the next Fabio? I don't think he's quite as likable as Fabio, but he's not far off. Like, I think he makes dumb moves. Like, I think <laughs> he is the guy Fabio pretended to be. <laughs> Yeah, but we sense. didn't know if he was pretending for a while. I mean, he picked up a teeny tiny crab in the first episode <laughs> and it was like, ow, that hurt, bro. Dude. Now that's a season I need to rewatch. Yeah, that's a good one. I enjoyed him quite a bit. Um, Spoilers, everyone. Sorry. Now, now, just because people lodge really <laughs> stupid uh, complaints about a show where we are recapping an episode <laughs> that presumably you just watched. <sighs> if you the haven't internet, watched, the internet is wonderful, but I hate it sometimes. If you haven't watched, don't listen. Don't turn on this episode week to week until you have watched the episode of the TV show. That's no yeah. fun. This is not a movie review show where it's like, hmm, should I see this movie? Let me see what these people have to say. No. no it's Survivor. If you're watching the season already, you're probably going to keep watching. You're not going to wait to see what we have to say before you watch the next episode. Right. Ugh. Chicken and egg kind of thing. No, the chicken. The chicken came first. Like, there's a very specific... Yeah, that's what you I mean. You watch the episode <laughs> and you come to us. That's it. There's no debate the order that this needs to go in. Right. Um, As opposed to movies, which may be the other way around. Yes, absolutely. That's all I'm saying. Got it. 
Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, so, uh, do we have anything else? Uh, any other takeaways from from this uh, from this episode, Alex? Your thoughts? I'm excited for uh, a switch up. Yeah, I want to see where things are going to go. Hopefully, that God, I hope Figgy and Taylor get split up. I just, you know what? I want them to stay together so that all, so that any new tribe that they're a part of, like anybody new, it's just like, why is anybody letting them be together? <laughs> Look, no, I know because I just, they're going to see, they're going to see what JC is, which is they are a teeny tiny voting block that he can use to his advantage. That is true. Is it better to have them go down in flames or better to have somebody just use them? They are so goats. This other person, they yeah. are easy goats right now. You keep them yeah. to the end. Yeah. And that's why I like Jay because he wrecking, because yeah, he's buddies with them, but he definitely understands. Oh boy. I can absolutely, that's two free votes for me. Yeah. I can use that. And they probably won't even realize it until after the whole show is over <laughs> that, he, that he has been using them the whole time. I feel like he could orchestrate a vote off for them and they would still vote for him in the end. They're fascinating to me. I mean, they are giving fascinating testimonials. I mean, how many times is the producer asking Taylor to describe millennials? Come on. It's every single episode. It's fascinating. They clearly asked Figgy about the swap. She says something like, "I, I can't even imagine what it would be like to not be in the same tribe as him. You've known him for a few weeks, which I guess is enough. Uh, not even. Let's see. Okay, so if if each episode, because the first episode, they almost had like a do-over, right? Because of the storm? I would say they're on about day 10. I think closer to 15. Yeah. But even so, that's, yeah, two weeks. Tops. At most. Yeah. And I guess that's enough to fall in love with someone. But at the same time. I mean, people get engaged after six weeks on The Bachelor or Bachelorette. Yeah, that's true. And they actually get married, some of them. Do the marriages last? I have no idea. Yeah. I'm not that Uh, big of a fan. I think one or two do. But survivor marriages usually last, like Rob and Amber, Amba. And uh, <laughs> and then there's a couple of guys. Uh, there's a couple of uh, of uh, people in uh, season 15 that actually got married and after they, the fact. Yeah, they they clearly yeah, like had a thing for each other during the season, oh. and then they got married afterwards. Oh, so, but I don't remember their names. They weren't super memorable. Jenna and Ethan never got married. No, they didn't. I think they broke up. Yep. But uh, anyway, enough talking about another love. survivor romance discussion. Exactly. Um. So, okay. Uh, very excited to see. Yeah. Excited to see the swap. I think it comes at just the right time. Um, I wish it would have held off. Really? Yeah. Cause I want to see what, what dynamic would have happened with the Gen Xers. That's true. Yeah. I guess we'll see. We'll, we'll see just enough of it, uh, at the beginning of the next episode and sure. then we'll, we'll go from there. But yeah, I, I tend to like when a swap shows up just in time to interrupt somebody's plans. And I think that's where we are right now. Yeah, that's very true. And I do find it to be a bummer that they keep losing. Yeah, that is unfortunate. Because there's no particular reason they should keep losing. No, they won the reward challenge. Yeah. They just breezed past that. Did we see them eating the food at all? No. I don't think so. We were worried about that steak. 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Stakes Alex can, uh, yeah, put people out of the game. Yeah. I can block you up. <laughs> no, thank you. Now, admittedly, Joe is uh, older. And so maybe that uh, contributed to his digestive situation. But uh, I'd use that steak to go fishing. I don't know. I don't if know I could how do long that. you'd last on the island. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, guys, I know we got these nice steaks. Who wants to catch some fish with it? Uh, can we vote her off immediately? Because I want to eat these steaks. Um, but uh, okay. or maybe it just attract a shark. Oh, although Amanda more. caught a shark. Yeah, so did Richard. Oh yeah. And he it, it bit him, and then he he bit it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I know he's. I know he's. You know, much older now. But boy, I'd like to see Richard come back. That would be great. I think you should just rewatch season one. That's a better idea. I don't think I can just because the game is so not it, the game. I know point. it's such a hot mess. The lighting is just terrible. Yeah, really awful. The parchment falls apart. Really? Oh yeah, they're voting parchment. Uh huh. It's raining one day and it's oh, yeah. literally like coming apart like paper mache chunks. Yeah, that's why it's so thick now. I'm trying to think. Uh, here's a here's a fun discussion to go out on that's more uh, historical. At what point, like what season would you say Survivor finally became, and I don't mean with, you know, idols or anything like that, but as far as a game of strategy mixed with physical and that sort of thing, what season do you think Survivor became the Survivor we know? I don't know. What number was Australia? Two. Two? Yeah. I feel like it was getting pretty close at that point. Australia yeah. came to mind immediately for yeah. sure. They learned a lot from the first season. Yeah. Um, I think, but I think there are chunks where it kicks up a notch, a notch, a notch. I think the most recent notch that it kicked up was Heroes Villains. I think, yeah, I think so. Although, like I mean, Stephanie's shoulder gets dislocated in that very first challenge, and you can see everyone going, whoa. Yeah. People are in it. Yeah. And Rupert breaks a toe. Yeah. Um, that was crazy town. Yeah. It's, but I, I do think, I think actually there's a more recent one and that's Tony's season because he is so chaotic. <laughs> like people said Russell was chaotic, but he was very methodical. Tony is absolutely insane. Yeah. And from then on, like this season is actually pretty calm, but like from then on, like there is absolute craziness uh you have chaos Cass. you have jatia i mean you just have the whole brains tribe yeah and so but i think i think as far as the first one yeah i think you're right i think it goes i think you have milestones and honestly like richard being in season one is a huge milestone i know i wonder what would have happened without him would everyone have been voting alphabetically I think they would have been voting based purely on like survival skills. Sure. And that's it. The a, show would have flopped. A Richard would have come along eventually, either in the next season or the one after that. If the show had been able to last that long. I think it would have. There is no Richard on Australia though. Right. That And that's what fast. That's why I have a hard time saying that the second one is when Survivor became Survivor because it went so far the other way that the final two were Tina and Colby, like two of the most like honorable, likable people. And I'm like, ah, that's not why I watch this. Um, and then the next one was Africa, which was Ethan, who's also like a fun, nice guy. 
But I think Boston Rob showed up in four. Yeah. But he also wasn't there very long. No, I don't think he made a huge impression. I think maybe Sesternino did. Yeah. That was another milestone. I think 12 was with the addition of the idol. Yeah. And then 20 was Heroes Villains, right? Uh, Or 21? 20. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's... I mean, I guess, honestly, I guess All-Stars, which is eight. That one, not merely because it's All-Stars, but because you actually had... That's actually a surprisingly bitter season. That's like, hard. It's fun early on, but you get people mad and holding grudges and being really ugly. Um, and I think it's because you can't say six, eight, and twelve are all turning points, though. Either can you? I think when it's early on, sure, you'll get them more often. Sure. Um, but yeah, did you ever watch? Sorry, <laughs> I forgot that the mics were on. <laughs> I forgot that we were still <laughs> recording. Um, did you ever see season five? I forget. I don't know. Who won? Uh, Brian. Spoilers, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I may have started it. Okay. I did start it because I do not see how he won from the first few episodes that I watched. Yeah, it's it's really... He only starts to really emerge about halfway through, and he just plays everybody. But he, and he's like this, he's such a, he's literally a used car salesman. Yeah. That's what he does for a living. Um, yeah. Oh, and before that he acted in, uh, in like soft core porn. So that's who he was. <laughs> and, uh, What's your point? Well, that's the thing is the idea of mani- like manipulation people and literally owning them essentially. Like that was season five. But even then, I don't think people saw that as like a viable way no. to play. Whereas Sesternino, I think people said like, oh, Mm -hmm. just because you're an underdog doesn't mean you can't go really far by jumping from one alliance to the next. Right. Um, One could say that like Sesternino, even though they didn't use the term, that he was kind of the first one to stumble on the idea of a voting block. Even if it's just let's get these people together and do this. Let's get these people together and do that. Um, I think he was just a flip flopper. Yeah, because he a, didn't have yeah. anyone in his voting block to go, come with him. Right. The the thing that made it a voting block was him. <laughs> he just showed up and said, "Hey guys, what do you want to do?" Um, but yeah. So uh, okay, well, this has been a fun uh, look back on Survivor history. It's one of my favorite things to to talk about. Is like how something that has been such a staple. You know, we're thirty three seasons in. How something that has become a staple, like how watching it emerge. Like if you watch those like early episodes of the Simpsons and you hear like Homer's voice, it's miles away from what Mm -hmm. he is now. So it's like, okay, when, when did they decide that his voice needed to sound so much different than what it does? So anyway, I like that kind of thing. Um, all right. Enough of all that. Uh, we will try to come back next week. I can't guarantee it because we will have friends in from out of town. And to my knowledge, they are not survivor watchers. (laughs) So uh, I don't know if they'd be up for watching it with us. Um, What do you think? I can say either they can deal. We got to do a show or it's literally the night they get in and we have very limited time with them. So I don't really know. Yeah. So we'll, we'll do what we can. 
Um, and once we have an idea of what'll happen, I'll put out a message on Twitter and Facebook and let everybody know what's going to happen. So, uh, in the meantime, Alex, thanks so much for, for flying out all the way from Minnesota just to be on the show. (laughs) That was very exciting. Yeah. My lawyer advises you to, uh, thank you for having me. (laughs) Um, but yeah. And so you can follow us on Twitter. You can like us on Facebook, uh, uh, and you can you can find us on iTunes and at battleshippretension.com. But so, only after you've watched the episode. Only the, okay, yes. We're gonna make a little deal with you guys. It's a contract. You can listen to the show for free <laughs> if you watch Survivor first. You do that, we're not gonna charge you. No problem. Right. It's a free show anyway. Don't tell anybody though. <laughs> Um, all right. So thank you everybody for listening. As for the rest of you, got nothing for you. Grab your stuff, head back to camp. Bye. Bye. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet. 